dear Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Lord, we plead with you that you would abide in us as we abide in you, that we may have strength to face today's challenges and to do your will. Lord, may your will be done in our lives and may we be instruments by which your will will be fulfilled on the earth. The purpose for which we live, to reflect the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we cannot do it in our own strength. We recognize our weakness and come to you, Lord, and pray. Please strengthen us with your word. As we commune with you, Lord, may we receive strength from heaven. Lord, touch my lips with heavenly coals, that I may speak words of blessings to your children, that the words spoken shall strengthen, edify, and bless everyone who would listen. Thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, June 15 That's not Samuel. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 5 When Saul inquired for Samuel, the Lord did not cause Samuel to appear to Saul. He saw nothing. Satan was not allowed to disturb the rest of Samuel in the grave and bring him up in reality to the witch of Endor. God does not give Satan power to resurrect the dead, but Satan's angels assume the form of dead friends and speak and act like them. That true professed dead friends, he can the better carry on his work of deception. Satan knew Samuel well, and he knew how to represent him before the witch of Endor, and to utter correctly the fate of Saul and his sons. Satan will come in a very plausible manner to such as he can deceive and will insinuate himself into their favor and lead them almost imperceptibly from God. He wins them under his control, cautiously at first, until they are perceptibilities become blunted. Then he will make bolder suggestions until he can lead them to commit almost any degree of crime. When he has led them fully into his snare, he is then willing that they should see where they are and he exults in their confusion as in the case of Saul. He had suffered Satan to lead him a willing captive and now Satan spreads before Saul a correct description of his fate. By giving Saul a correct statement of his end through the woman of Endor, Satan opens a way for Israel to be instructed by his satanic cunning that they may, in their rebellion against God, learn of him and by thus doing, severe the last link which would hold them to God. Satan knew that in this last act of consulting the witch of Endor, he cut the last shred which held him to God. He knew that if he had not before willfully separated himself from God, this act sealed that separation and made it final. He had made an agreement with death and a covenant with hell. The cup of his iniquity was full. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is That's Not Samuel. We left off in our previous devotion seeing that Saul refused to repent of his sins. He knew that the reason he wasn't hearing from God was because he had cut off every means of connection with God. Disobedience to God brought about his rejection. But if he had confessed and repented, God was willing to receive him again. The means by which God would have used to deliver him in his own son Jonathan and his servant David, he had chosen to cut off from himself. 
Saul's stubbornness was just beyond grief. What more could be done for King Saul? What did he want? Saul wanted to follow his own will while still having the blessing of God. But God wasn't going to have that. God had chosen David to be the one who can help him as his deliverer. But Saul wouldn't want that. He wanted his own way, his own will, and the blessing of God still. God wanted to use him, but only in obedience. And Saul said, no, I want you to bless me while I disobey you. That's Saul's own terms. And God would not come into the same terms with Saul. And God raised up David to use to help him. And Saul said, no, I will follow my own will and I still want your blessing while following my own will. God will not come down to the terms of man in his stubborn disobedience. And that is a lesson for us. That if we choose to stubbornly follow our will while expecting the blessings of God, we are joking. The Lord will not do that. He is the almighty God and we are the ones to humble ourselves towards him. When the Lord reproves and corrects through his servants, it is not for us to rise up against the appointed means that he has used to correct us. It is for us to submit to his will and his ways. But Saul wouldn't do that. He still went to request from God blessings. He asked of God his blessings, but the Lord did not answer him. And in his stubbornness, he told his servants, look for any woman who has a familiar spirit that I may inquire from them. This was what sealed Saul's doom. Saul didn't do this in the sense of, oh, since I'm not hearing from God, I'm, I'm sorry, I have to go and do this. He did it in defiance. Since God wouldn't answer me, I will go somewhere else. That was what he did. All the while, knowing very well that he had no hope. In the book of 1 Samuel 28 verse 7, it says, Then Saul said unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her, and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And Saul disguised himself, and put on other raiment, and he went, and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night, and he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up, whom I shall name unto thee. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul had done, how he had cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. Wow! Saul was actually bowing to a demon here. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am so distressed, for the Philistines make war with me. And God is departed from me, and answereth me no more, neither by prophets, nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. In this passage, let us look at the implications of what just happened here. Saul bowed down to whatever came up that he did not even see with his eyes. What was going on here was the woman is the one who was seen whatever she was seeing and she described it to Saul. Some people think that oh something appeared, nothing appeared. There's only the woman who said she was seeing what she was seeing. Now the the work of wizards and witches in this manner is something that is connected so intimately with the devil. It is not the spirit of Samuel that came up. Saul perceived that it was Samuel. Even the woman didn't know what she was seeing. She just described somebody with a mantle. And Saul, the Bible says, perceived that it was Samuel. He'd sell, he saw nothing. The woman did not know. She just described. Saul was the one who verified that to be Samuel. 
this is what is called a familiar spirit but there are some who believe that man is a spirit and can be brought back to life and spoken to so let us understand this whole concept of the state of man some people are confused as to the state of man and what happens when we die was it Samuel that was seen here we read in the devotion clearly when Saul inquired for Samuel the Lord did not cause Samuel to appear to Saul he saw nothing Satan was not allowed to disturb the rest of Samuel in the grave and bring him up in reality to the witch of Endor God does not give Satan power to resurrect the dead but Satan but Satan's angels assume the form of dead friends and speak and act like them that true professed dead friends he can better carry on his work of deception so why is it that this woman first of all was cast away by Saul why is it that the witches and wizards and those who had familiar spirits were not permitted to be in Israel it is because the Lord commanded it Leviticus 20 verse 27 says a man also or woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death they shall stone them with stones their blood shall be upon them then in Deuteronomy 18 from verse 10 to 12 God said there must never be found among you anyone who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire anyone who practices divination an omen reader a soothsayer a sorcerer one who casts spells one who conjures up spirits a practitioner of the occult or a necromancer whoever does these things is abhorrent or an abomination to the Lord and because of these detestable things the Lord your God is about to drive them out from before you such skating denunciations against anyone who practices divination or necromancy so what is necromancy necromancy is the belief that the dead are not really dead and that you can have communication with them does that sound familiar to you very very familiar even in Christianity some people will speak to the dead as though they are alive they write it down in eulogies and they also do it in prayers there are people who pray to so-called saints but let us inquire from the Word of God can we really talk to the dead as Samuel as Saul was trying to do is it really true that people can write to the dead and talk to them and say I know that you are looking down on me from heaven or can receive instructions from them or can pray to them and through them can receive answers to their prayers now let us investigate the word of God on this matter to properly understand whether this is possible we have to understand the nature of man the book of Genesis 2 verse 7 explains to us how man is made it says and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul from this passage we see that when God formed man from the ground he was not living it was not until God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life that man then became a living soul so there was the body that God formed lifeless and then not until the breath came so the body plus the breath is what made the living soul so what will we call that body that did not have the breath if the one that has the breath is qualified as not just a soul but take note a living soul that means that body without that breath of God is a dead soul so what is this spirit this, this what is this breath that was put into that body that made it a living soul in the book of Job 27 verse 3 we will understand what it is because some people want to say oh, man has a spirit and all of that Job 27 verse 3 says all the while my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils so that breath is called not the spirit of man now because we cannot see anything here that says that but it calls it is called the Spirit of God in Psalms 104 we realize that it is the same way that the animals are if you have a pet in your house whether a dog or a cat or any other of the four-footed beasts you, you realize that they all have nostrils just like us and from their nostrils there's breath coming in and out it is the same way the Lord made them and it is the same spirit in them Psalms 104 verse 29 and 30 says concerning the animals it says thou hidest thy face the animals they are troubled 
thou takest away their breath, they die and return to their dust. Thou sendest forth, not breath now, but he says, thou sendest forth thy spirit. They are created and thou renewest the face of the earth. Verse 29 says, he takes away the breath and they die. And then he sends the spirit in verse 30 days, he sends the spirit and they live. So you see here the interchange of breath and spirit, just as Job in 20, Job said in Job 27 verse 3, all the while my breath is in me and the spirit of God is in my nose, my nostrils. Again, to see this interchange of breath and spirit, we look at the book of Ezekiel 37, the dry bones. You see there how the breath is called the spirit again. It says from verse 8 to 10, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, upon those dry bones, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he, as God said to Ezekiel, then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, and an exceeding great army. From these passages I have read, we realize that this breath is, like, like Ezekiel is saying here, the wind. It is God, God the Spirit of God, put in, our, in us that brings life to any dead thing. In Ecclesiastes 12 verse 7, this is the reason why he says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. This is what happens when man dies. Remember that in Genesis 2 verse 7, and I pray the Lord is making you to understand this. Genesis 2 verse 7, this was what happened to cause about life. There was an assembling of the dust, the body, and the breath the, or the spirit. Two of them came together to give the living soul. In Ecclesiastes 12 verse 7, describing death, it is the removal of that breath. And as we have been seen also in Psalms 104 and other places, it says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. To claim that man has a spirit that is immortal is contrary to the word of God because the Bible teaches that only one person has immortality. Romans chapter 2 verse 5 to 7 says, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up in unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render unto every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient countenance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. Question. To them, he says, who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for what? Glory, honor, and immortality and eternal life. Why seek for something that you already have? If we, as we are presently, as some people claim, already are immortal, that when we die, we are not really dead, our spirits will be hovering here and there, or some people claim that others will go to hell while some will go to heaven. And some claim that the only ones in hell will burn forever and ever and ever. If they are born in forever and ever and ever, doesn't that suggest that they already have immortality? If we already have immortality, why then in Romans 2 verse 7 is the Bible saying to us that we are seeking immortality and eternal life? And I would also ask, then why did Jesus die? The most popular passage that many people know, John 3.16, says that God sent his son to the world that those who believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. If the wicked already have eternal life, it doesn't matter whether it's in hell or wherever. If everybody has a spirit that is immortal, that means they have eternal life. Then what did Jesus die for? Do you see the inconsistency in claiming that we have an immortal soul or immortal spirit or whatever? It is very inconsistent with the whole system of the gospel. Because it is because of this lack of immortality and eternal life that Jesus even came. I know that in this mortality that we have now, the fact that we are going to die came through sin. Jesus died for our sins so that we can have eternal life. If we already have eternal life, then there was no need for Jesus to die. And if we already have eternal life, what is the purpose of the resurrection? Do you see the inconsistency? 
if some people when they die already go to heaven then what is the second coming of jesus for when he claims that he's going to resurrect the dead if they are already in heaven what is the resurrection for and why is there a judgment when jesus comes if the dead are already judged in hell or in heaven what's the point very inconsistent and what makes it clearly inconsistent is that it cannot be sustained with the word of god i was talking about immortality and we have seen that we are looking for immortality we are looking for eternal life we don't have it in first timothy 6 we will know now who alone has immortality verse 15 and 16 says it says which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate the king of kings and lord of lords who only hath immortality i take that again who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man hath seen nor can see to whom be honor and power everlasting amen you see that we have not one bible passage to sustain the claim that man has an immortal spirit because we cannot have it both ways to say that will mean that it is not only god who has immortality as we just read in first timothy 6 verse 16 but then is man a spirit does the bible teach that no man himself is not spirit when jesus resurrected to prove he was not spirit he made this clear in the book of luke 24 verse 36 to 39 it says and as they thus spake jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them peace be unto you but they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit and he said unto them why are ye troubled and why do thoughts arise in your hearts behold my hands and my feet that it is i myself handle me and see for a spirit had not flesh and bones as you see me have amen as far as we have flesh and bones we are not spirit we are dust jesus said handle me and see i am not spirit as far as i have flesh and bones i am not spirit i am not a spirit stop believing that you are a spirit there are people who teach that it is not true as far as we have flesh and bones we are dust and when man dies he simply returns to dust and the, the breath of god which is the spirit of god goes back to god who gave it and he does not exist anywhere else he ceases to exist that is what death is in genesis 3 verse 19 that was what god described as death he spoke to adam to tell him what he had lost when he sinned if man did not lose anything after he sinned then what's the whole point of the gospel god spoke to adam to tell him the consequences of sin he said to him in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground he doesn't say till thou die and go to heaven or to hell he simply said this is the word of god god spoke to adam you will sweat of your face and thou shalt eat bread till thou return unto the ground for out of it was thou taken for dust thou art and unto dust shalt thou return god did not say to adam for spirit thou art and when you die your spirit will go to heaven or when you die your spirit will go to hell and you're born forever that is not the teaching of the word of god god said when we die he told adam and to all of us we are dust and we will return to dust god did not say spirit thou art and unto spirit thou shalt return he makes it clear what man is and says pointedly for dust thou art and unto dust thou shalt return this spirit that is being referred to remember it is called the spirit of god in ecclesiastes 12 verse 7 and we also saw it in genesis 2 verse 7 that god breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life god is the owner of that spirit it's just a life-giving spirit that god put in us in ezekiel 18 verse 4 and verse 20 we are told the soul that sinneth it shall die the spirit is not a living entity it is merely the breath that god put in man's nostrils to make him a living soul and once that spirit is taken away he becomes a dead soul i take it again the spirit put in man is the spirit of god the breath of god that makes us to become a living soul take note of the qualification of the soul the soul is described is qualified with the adjective living a living soul but when that breath is taken 
a soul dies. There is no such thing as an immortal soul. Like I said, Ezekiel 18 verse 4 and 20 tells us the soul that sins shall die. Man does not have the ability to do anyone anything out of love or hatred when they have died. They don't watch over the living or attack the living. Superstitious beliefs have the claim that the dead can be angry. People believe these things. I have seen people who have dreams. I have seen. I'm not telling you what I do not know. I'm telling you what I'm telling you what I have seen. And someone tells me that they had a dream and that their father appeared to them in a dream and he was looking at them angrily. And the person said, Oh, I understand what it means. His soul has not been given its right of passage. We need to do the needful thing so that his soul can go peacefully into the grave. And this is somebody who has died perhaps like 30 years before and this person is gone about 30 years ago and the person saw the so-called father in a dream not even in reality in a dream and the interpretation is we have to bury him well and we didn't bury him well so we have to go and kill a cow so that he can be buried well is this not what the lord condemned in his word when he said that we should not follow after familiar spirits the belief that's what it is it is not even the act the belief that when the dead die, they are still alive somehow. That is what God is condemning. That is necromancy. In Ecclesiastes 9 verse 4 and 5, we are told, For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die. But the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Do you know what that means, the memory of them is forgotten? It doesn't mean that we forget them. Because that's not what it means. I remember the dead, my dead father. I remember him. The memory of him is not forgotten. The memory of them is forgotten here means that the dead cannot remember anything. Their SD card is gone. Their hard drive, gone. They have no memory themselves. They cannot recall anything. They are dead. That is what it means when it says the memory of them is forgotten. Verse 9 and 6 now makes it clear. Also, verse, chapter 9 verse 6 now makes it clear. It says, also their love, their hatred, their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything. Do you know what forever means? Forever in anything that is done under the sun. What, and then we are told what in verse 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave without thou goest. Brothers and sisters, we cannot have it both ways. You either believe the word of God or drop your superstitious beliefs from your culture or from wherever you got it, even if it's from your church. This passage in verse 6, I want you to take note of it. Verse 5 and 6. The memory of them is forgotten. And then it says that they know not anything. Thirdly, it goes further to say, their love so those who claim oh i know my father or my brother or my friend or my sister he loves me even after they are dead you are not in consistency with the word of god the dead cannot love then also their hatred for those who go and drop cutlass and weapons into the grave of their loved ones saying to them go and fight those who fought you go and kill those who killed you in the spiritual way you are just comforting your soul with what you want to happen but no such thing can happen because their hatred is gone thirdly their envy is now perished brothers and sisters do not claim to follow the word of god while still holding and cherishing those beliefs that are contrary to what we just read now you have to drop that belief there is no father or mother or brother or sister or friend of yours that is dead that loves you they don't love. There is none of them that hates you. They don't hate. They cannot appear to you in a dream or in reality and say to you, I am angry with you. You have not done what you ought to do. You did not bury me well. This is the belief of the hidden. Jeremiah 10 verse 1 and 2 tells us, Learn not the way of the hidden, for the custom of the hidden is vain. Psalms 146 verse 3 and 4 says, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth, in that very day his thoughts perish. If someone's thoughts perish, can they have anything to do again in this earth? These are even milder terms. Back to what we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 6. It says, Neither have they any more a portion. For how long? forever in anything that is done under the sun that is anything in this earth 
they don't have a portion they cannot appear to you they have no business on this earth some people talk of the dead having unfinished business there's no such thing the dead cannot come back to life to give messages as truth god does not do that in the book of isaiah 38 verse 18 and 19 now this addresses those who have those testimonies that when they died they went to heaven or they went to hell and they saw this and saw that even seeing cartoon characters in heaven and in hell i mean what i wonder what that means in in isaiah 38 verse 18 and 19 god says categorically that he doesn't give any message to people who die for the grave cannot praise thee death cannot celebrate thee they that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth the living the living he shall praise thee as i do this day the father to the children shall make known thy truth this passage just cuts across and deals a blow to the messages that we hear from people who say that they died and received messages of truth and then they put it in record for people to listen to it's not true god does not give any message of truth to the dead read it again isaiah 38 verse 18 and 19 grave cannot praise thee those that die cannot hope for the truth and god does not stop there he now says clearly who he gives the truth he says they're living the living shall praise thee as i do this day it is them that will hope for the truth god does not give any message to anyone who has died saying go and speak to the living in the parable jesus told of lazarus and the rich man that was what was the the, the man who was described as being in hell was talking about god does not give any message to the dead to give to the living there is no such thing also as haunted mansions or the dead coming back for unfinished business as we see in the movies job 9 job 7 verse 9 and 10 tells us as the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more he shall return no more to his house neither shall his place know him any more this one cuts across the belief that the dead spirit the spirit of the dead is in their house that they have not left that if you see in the movies like in caspar the friendly ghost his his, his his ghost is always remaining in his house those are superstitious hidden beliefs pagan cultures that we should not adopt into our own mindset in psalms 13 verse 3 the, the, um, david explains what death is like because of the resurrection he says consider and hear me oh my god lighten my eyes lest i sleep the sleep of death when one is asleep he is asleep he's, he's, he says he's asleep because there's something called the resurrection concerning david when peter was preaching on that day of pentecost he made it clear that david was neither in hell or in heaven his words were very pointed and clear he said so then because he was a prophet as david and knew that god had sworn to him with an oath to sit on to, to sit one of his descendants on the throne for david in verse 34 it says for david did not ascend into heaven but he himself says the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand if it is true that when men die their spirit goes to heaven or hell then what is the point of the resurrection if jesus says that we are dust but not spirit then how can we believe that people are in heaven or hell as we speak when we can see the body of the dead right here with us remember that jesus said we are not spirit when we can see the skeleton and the body you see a dead body right here how then is the person in heaven or in hell again are they two or are they three they are not we are just dust not spirit remember what jesus said i am not spirit i am flesh and bone and when you see that dead body with its flesh and bone how is he again or she again in hell burning or in heaven david's bones like david like like peter said david did not ascend to heaven but he himself saith, the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand and in verse 29 he said men and brethren let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch david that he is both dead and buried and his sepulchre is with us unto this day david was not in heaven just as any other person is not in heaven or hell until the resurrection except man is not the body we are seeing but as far as man is flesh and bone they go absolutely nowhere when they die they are in the graves waiting for the resurrection you can't have both doctrines you either believe man is spirit and there's no such thing as a resurrection and there's no such thing as coming judgment or second coming of jesus or that there's such a thing as the resurrection of the dead and the dead are not in heaven or in hell 
If it is the dead that is resurrected, then all the saints who are supposed now to be in heaven need no resurrection. They are not dead. The wicked in hell also need no resurrection because it is only the dead that are resurrected. So therefore, you can't have the belief that the dead are in heaven or hell and still maintain the belief of the resurrection. There is nowhere the living are resurrected in the Bible, only the dead are resurrected. Because there is no saint in heaven that is going to be resurrected. If, if the saints in heaven are resurrected, if the saints in heaven are living rather, then what resurrection are you talking about? Have you seen where the living are resurrected? It's only the dead. And if we claim that the dead are not dead, then they cannot be resurrected. Job 14, Job talked about his own resurrection when he said from verse 10 to 14, But man died and wasted away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? As the waters fail from the sea, and the flood decayeth and dried up. So man lieth down and riseth not, till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Job here spoke of a resurrection. He did not say he will be in heaven till his change come. He said he will be in the grave till the change come. Jesus also said the same thing in John 5 verse 28 and 29. He said, Do not be amazed at this, because a time is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. He didn't say all who are in hell or in heaven, but in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out. The ones who have done what is good to the resurrection of life and the ones who have done what is evil to the resurrection resulting in condemnation. Also, when is this resurrection going to take place? Because some will say, yes, we understand, but they can be resurrected immediately they die. No, it is not immediately they die. In, because if they are resurrected immediately they die, we need to see the body come up and the eye open as Jesus' resurrection was. Jesus' resurrection was not something of a spirit. We saw him. He said, touch me. I am flesh and bone. So we cannot claim that we are seeing somebody's flesh and bone right here with us and still claim that the person is in heaven or in hell. In John 6 verse 39 and 40, Jesus said, And this is the Father's will which had sent me, that of all which he had given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Amen. So when do we have everlasting life? The dead remains in their sleep until the last day when Jesus will come. It is not when somebody dies, his own, his own judgment has come. No way. The judgment is at that last day. That is when the reward will be given. At the last day, Jesus says, he will raise him up and they will then have everlasting life. But if we claim that people are in hell right now or in heaven right now, that means they already have everlasting life. But is that true? It is not true. The first and second resurrection takes place at the end of time. The first is before the millennium at the last day and the second is after the millennium. In the book of Revelation 20 verse 4 and 5, it is clearly stated here. It says, Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those who had been given authority to judge. I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony about Jesus and because of the word. These had not worshipped the beast or his image and had refused to receive the mark on their forehead or hand. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Amen. Now, when is this happening? This is happening at the last day, just as we read. This is the last day when Jesus will come. It is then that the righteous will be resurrected. It says here that they came to life. Verse 5 now says, The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who takes part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. So, there are two resurrections to take place, as Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. He says the time is coming when those at the end, in the last day, he said, will hear my voice, some who have done good to the resurrection of life, which is the first resurrection. Remember that some did not take part in it. It is the wicked. They will be resurrected much 
later after the thousand years as we see in revelation 20 verse 5 in first thessalonians 4 verse 14 to 16 we are told for if we believe that jesus died and rose again even so them also which sleep in jesus will god bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the lord coming of the lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout so if the lord has not descended from heaven don't say anybody has resurrected before anybody will resurrect the lord himself we will see him with our eyes he will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of god not until then will the dead rise he says and the dead in christ shall rise first there is no dead in christ who has risen right now and is in heaven for us to pray to not even mary the mother of jesus or any other saint saint anthony or saint this or that Mm -mm. none of them are in heaven it is not until the second coming of jesus that the dead in christ will rise first corinthians 15 verse 51 to 55 says behold i show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye when at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality for when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory then and not until then O death where is thy sting O grave when is thy victory where is thy victory it is not now that we can say about death that it is swallowed up in victory if people are in heaven presently that means death is already swallowed up in victory but the bible clearly teaches that it is not until christ comes that death will be swallowed up in victory and concerning the wicked in revelation 20 verse 12 and 13 after the thousand years it says and i saw the dead the great and the small standing before the throne then books were opened and another book was opened the book of life so the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to their deeds the sea gave up the dead that were in it take note it didn't say they came out from hellfire and death and hades gave up the dead that were in them and each one was judged according to his deeds so in light of all of this we see that there's no such thing as the dead being in heaven or hell or familiar spirits that we can talk to like saul went to do with the witch of endor claiming that samuel was giving instruction to him there's no such thing but it, but it, nevertheless this thing happens what happened with saul was real what is it that accounts for the numerous stories we hear of people who say they saw the spirits of the dead what accounts for it for, for the most part is what the devil does best Do you know what the devil does best lying he tells lies you can hardly see anyone who can say that they have actually seen the spirit of their dead loved ones but a lie travels around the world while the truth is still buckling its shoes satan is a liar and the father of it he uses lies a lot to deceive people for the most part lies are the reason for all these stories that we hear but there are also cases where spirits of the dead are actually seen especially is the case of so-called marian apparitions and even what happened with king saul there are also other cases what accounts for this it is what the witch of endor was doing consulting with demons in genesis 3 reading from verse 1 to 4 we see the foundation of what hap- what what sustains this familiar spirit practice and belief when the devil spoke to eve he told her you shall not surely die verse 4 he told her in verse 4 and the serpent said unto the woman you shall not surely die and because of this satan tries to impersonate that is why those spirits are called familiar this is not the spirit of anybody it looks like the person satan and his angels have the ability to take the form of humans with the same voice look at what happens even around us people like robin williams eddie murphy they can mimic people's voice so accurately is it now the angels that cannot do that they can mimic the voice of people so accurately and they can also transform themselves that's what the bible tells us they can transform themselves into angels of light now you they can transform into angels of light is it now to humans they cannot transform themselves second corinthians 11 verse 14 and no marvel for satan himself is transformed into an angel of light so it is not a big deal for satan to transform himself into what looks like your dead loved one or a human being 
These demons have the ability to take the form of the dead and impersonate them. This is how they deceive to sustain the notion that the dead are not actually dead, just like the devil told to Eve. We must be aware of this and not fall prey to the wiles of the devil. There is no one who was resurrected in the Bible that came back with messages saying that they were either in heaven or hell, whether it is Lazarus, whether it is Tabitha or Dorcas, or whether it is the boy that Elisha resurrected, or any other person that was resurrected by Jesus like Darius' daughter. None of the resurrected people in the Bible give any account of saying they were either in hell or heaven or give any account of anything that they knew while they were dead. The devil will use this tool of familiar spirits in our day. Today, Christians are coming against Disney because of the sexual perversion that is now that it is now peddling, but they neglect the folklore and the even greater deception that Disney and many of these other cartoons and movies and many other popular TV programs are bringing into their homes, which is even more dangerous, and that is spiritualism. The cartoons and movies have prepared the mind to receive the notion that the dead are not really dead. Beautiful, unsuspecting names are given to these witches. Fairy Godmother. What is Fairy Godmother? It's just a spirit of the dead, a familiar spirit. It's simply, also you can look at it as the spirit of demons. Pocahontas, where the spirits of the dead appear in trees. Lion King, where they speak in the sky. Cinderella, where the dead come with powers to do magic, just to name a few. Then there are even worse sources of spiritualism in the Japanese animes. The dead are everywhere in cartoons like in the Japanese animes like Naruto, Benten, or even the ones like Bleach and and uh, One Punch Man and all of that. All of them you see them where they summon the dead spirits of the dead from Pokemon also to Dragon Ball. All are loaded massively with spiritualism. Children are taught all of this through the cartoons. Then there is the African magic and Hollywood also. The same that is the African movies. The same thing is done there over and over. Satan has so saturated the world with this teaching that the average person unconsciously behaves in a way that he does not even know that he has such beliefs. Do you see yourself afraid of the dark because of spirits? Are you afraid to sleep or stay in the room because you heard that someone was buried there? Do you fear? that they, they will rise and do something to you? Would you rather choose to stay with a thief in a room than in a room where you know the dead is buried? Are you among those that knock before entering into a mortuary? Do you perform rites of passage claiming that there are rituals to be done like killing cows before the dead can be buried? Do you pray to the dead? Are you cherishing the thought that your dead parent, friend or sibling is assisting you in your tasks or looking down on you from heaven? Do you merely believe that the dead are not really dead? If so, you are game for Satan. He has you in his palms and will manipulate you. The danger in these beliefs is numerous. That one of the dangers is that once you actually see the dead of a, the spirit of a dead person, which is actually Satan or one of his demons, you will be quick to believe whatever they say to you, since your mind has been sensitized to believe that the dead are not really dead. And all oh, the lies the devil will feed you through that spirit. And just something just came to my mind now. Do you see how the schools indoctrinate people with this matter? Many hear that poem of Old Roger. Old Roger is dead and gone to his grave. Hmm. Ha. Ah, gone to his grave. They planted an apple tree over his head. Hmm. Ha. Ah over his head the apple grew ripe and ready to drop hmm ha ah, ready to drop there came an old woman to pick them all up hmm ha ah, pick them all up old roger got up and gave her a knock hmm ha ah, gave her a knock which made the old woman go hippity hop hmm ha ah, hippity hop hippity hop hippity hop and all the while while the children are going Hippity hop, hippity hop, the devil is there to indoctrinate their minds and make them believe that the dead are not dead. They are indoctrinating them with the mind that the spirit of the dead can come up and give them a knock. And no wonder everyone grows up afraid because right from when we are children, stories are told in the Igbo land, if a chapi, you say war, and they tell them stories. And in those stories are told of how 
the dead resurrect and then you go to the schools the stories are told of how the dead resurrect you go to the cartoons the same things happen you go to the movies the same things happening over all the land all hidden nations on all cultures all tribes that same belief is there and when you go to the church the same thing satan has deceived the world with this belief that the dead are not really dead and the implications are so great because it attacks the ministry of our lord and savior jesus christ what need do i have of jesus if i already have eternal life what need do i have of a resurrection why should i submit to him when i already believe that when i die i will go to a certain place and then i'll be in paradise and they will give me so much goodies or what need do i have of jesus when i believe that when i die my spirit will go into an animal or into a fish and i have a spirit that is immortal this belief strikes so heavily on the whole purpose of life and the whole purpose of the ministry of God in the heavenly sanctuary. And that's why it is very important that we have the right mindset on these matters. People have become careless with their lives because they think that after death there is something out there. And some will easily go and commit suicide thinking that they want to know what happens. You don't need to commit suicide to know what happens. I'll tell you what happens. Don't go. When you die, you go straight to the grave. And when Christ comes, he will judge you. For taking your own life, you will not be in his kingdom. Do not let the devil deceive you with this belief. The Lord is calling out us out of darkness today into his marvelous light. Drop these beliefs, they are lies. Come into the truth today and be free from Satan's deceptions. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the message that you have given us today. This is a wine of Babylon that has deceived the whole world in all cultures and tribes and kindreds and nations. Even in the church of God, it is still fostered there. Lord, I pray that this message that has been preached shall go far and wide and shall liberate and emancipate your people out of this darkness and that we shall come into the light of your truth and be free from all fear and all uncertainty that comes with believing lies. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray.